Hey, Rifters, welcome to the show. Uh, subscribe, Ray Review. Uh, tell a friend. I apologize. I feel a little lost. I just got a notification on the Zoom saying, Al. You could type in your questions on Al, which, um, yeah, I think they mean AI, but it's spelled Al. Anyways, we got a great show today. I'm very excited. Uh, oh, I just think that's so funny. AI, I always thought was spelled A dot I. But on the Zoom, it's spelled Al. Maybe it's a capital I. Maybe. Anyways, we got a great show. Uh, Colleen Camp is going to be here. Uh, you've seen her in Death Game. You've seen her in Wayne's World, Police Academy, Die Hard, uh, my favorite movie, Clue. And uh, it's going to be fun, guys. So thanks for sticking around. If you like the show, subscribe, rate, review, review, tell a friend. We're trying to get to more reviews on, on the Apple podcast. So that's what we got to do. All right, guys. Enjoy the show. Enjoy Raise a Wrist with Colleen Camp. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee, right here on LA Talk Radio. Perfect, and then we'll figure out. All right, Rifters, welcome to the show. The great Colleen Camp is here. Uh, Colleen, you're a very busy lady. Thank you so much for letting me interview you today. Oh, I'm so excited. And um, I'm laughing because I said I have to get my hair blown dry. Uh, during the interview i don't know how we're gonna do that but we'll figure it out but you were so sweet last night when i called i had just gone to the priscilla premiere and i loved it so much oh my it God. was so good so you and recommend it to so the folks tired. at home oh i do i loved it i loved it i thought it was excellent <laughs> priscilla presley was there and she's an old friend of mine and it was great seeing the the movie and i just loved it all and right. it was really nice because I've known Sophia since she was a baby. Oh my gosh. That's and you cool. look wonderful and rested. And I look like I just put my finger in a light socket. Oh no, you 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 look beautiful to me. So oh honey. That's all that matters, right? Thank Ooh, you. Yes. Of course. Well, I wanted to I wanted to just jump right into it, and these questions might go like ping ponging a little. Because uh, I dropped all my cards, so when I picked them up, they might be like in reverse order. But well, that's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Because <laughs> I have not actually looked at the questions. Oh, so I don't that's know the excellent. Order. So I yes, <laughs> element of surprise. I love that. So the first question is about uh, Death Game, which I think is uh, it's like a really unique horror type film, and. Uh, then I heard that you wrote it, and I wanted to know, like, did did they tell you what to write, or did you, was it an original idea, or like, how did you come up with that? Because you also starred in it. Well, I love the fact that it was said that I wrote it. I it improvised a lot in it. Um, the original movie was called Mrs. Manning's Weekend, 
And originally the project was owned by Malpaso. And it was written by a woman named Joe Himes, who had written Play Misty for Me. And that was Clint Eastwood's first film that he directed, Play Misty for Me. And so this was a property of Malpaso. And uh, there was a producer named Larry Spiegel. And Larry Spiegel and Peter Trainer, the director of Death Game or Mrs. Manning's Weekend, which yeah. it was originally called. Uh, and there was another writer that uh, actually I hadn't known about that wrote the original. And it was him that we called. And I, it was actually him that we called um, when we were trying to do the remake because Eli Roth happened to see the movie and he called me up. I'll never forget it. It was Valentine's Day. Uh, and on Valentine's Day, he basically, you know, called me up and said, I've got to do this movie. It's brilliant. You're amazing. It's incredible. And I said, you know, and, and, the, and the, my, the writer, the original writers that, that were on that screenplay were someone named Anthony Overman and Michael Ronald Ross. I guess the doorbell's ringing. Oh, oh someplace else. Is that the uh, blow dryer? <laughs> no, no. I want that blow dryer, though. Let me tell you something. If I, if, if we didn't make such a crazy sound, at some point, maybe during pauses, I could use the blow dryer. Oh. Uh, okay. Just to make sure Miriam gets the information to meet me at 11.30. But, um, okay. But the funny thing is, no, it's just a rat-a-tat-tat. I was so tired last night that I literally said, I'm checking into a hotel so I don't drive. Um, but what happened on that is Sandra Locke and I and Seymour Cassell did a lot of improvisation. And so a lot of the things that are in there were things we were kind of improvising on the spot. And we changed a lot of the things that were uh, in the script. Not that the script wasn't there and the basic premise, the basic plot and all of that. And it was very well written, but because Sandra had just finished doing a movie called The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. She was nominated for an Academy Award. And Seymour was doing all those Cassavetes films, including Faces, uh, which he was, I think, also nominated for at the time. We had this very tight crew. And Jack, this was the production designer, Sissy Spacek, and Bill Paxton did the props. And it was a very artistic environment. And so we just were open to a lot of improvisation. And so a lot of the dialogue, you know, that came out uh, was just improvised by Sandra and I on the spot. And so I can't claim that I, I'm, I'm Steve Zalian, right. but we did, we did do a lot. And it was, uh, it was a fantastic opportunity to work with brilliant, brilliant actors. And it was that, that Eli Roth called me out of the blue on Valentine's Day, literally Valentine's Day 2014 and said, I've seen this movie. We need to do a remake and I want to do it right now. And he put his girlfriend on the phone, Lorenzo Izzo, and they said, we want to do this. And we went, I said, no, you can't. You have to do a project that I have with David Russell called The Hive and you have to uh, do a little polish on it. You promised you were going to do the polish. And he was hell bent 
on doing a remake of Death Game, which later became Knock Knock with Lorenzo, Keanu Reeves, and then I put Anna de Armas into that film, playing my part. So that's how that all happened. Wow. And then Knock Knock was made in 2014. We did it in you know April, May, beginning of yeah. June 2014. Yeah, I, I saw them both, and I I thought like um, it, I thought Knock Knock was a good like because uh, you know usually when they do remakes, they're kind of not really you know what I mean. I thought Knock Knock yeah. had the point. Pretty yes, good. yes. And, I uh, had in front of me, but I don't know where it is. Oh, it's a stationary and pen. And I just wanted to get a pen because I wanted, and I don't know what happened to it. Sorry, Leanne is walking through the background. Oh, hi, Leanne. I had to set everything. <laughs> hi, just, how are you? Leanne is amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's so cool. You have like seven assistants. I mean, uh, I was an assistant well, once and I hated I, I, it. I, 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 listen, I'm still an assistant. I always say if you have a brilliant assistant, if you have a brilliant assistant, you could run a studio. Yeah. It's all about detail. And if you don't have detail, or if you don't know how to ask the right questions, or you don't anticipate Murphy's Law, but uh, actually, I have people that are in different positions with me, whether it's development or whether it's helping, you know, organize my house or whether it's scheduling, but as you well know, as a former assistant, <laughs> as a former assistant, yeah. if you're not able to be adept at anything that comes up, yeah. it's like recently I produced a movie with Rebel Wilson and the medic on the set, I said, well, we've got to get somebody here. She's, I think, injured herself in a, in a martial arts move doing, uh, and I accidentally called it numb nuts and they said no it's numb shucks or whatever that is and i said yeah great producer here right <laughs> she got hurt doing numb nuts they said no calling anyway they said it's a sunday there's no way we can get a doctor here and yeah. i said well you're a medic you don't think there's a way we can get a doctor here she said, no it's a sunday i said i've never been here and i don't know a doctor or anyone in the state of Georgia, but I will have an orthopedic surgeon here in 30 minutes. Oh my God. I, and I did because it's just being resourceful. And when you're producing something, you have to anticipate everything and you have to be willing to figure out a solution to something as oh, yeah. opposed to no, it can't happen. Yeah. And I know. So were you a good assistant? Uh, I think I was only because the person I assisted was my best friend. So, oh, you know, oh. um, so yeah, and I mean, I, you know, and I did stand up with him and stuff. So like, you know, I was his opener. So I thought I was, you know, that was perfect. Well, you probably gave him great material. Uh, I mean, more like he gave me great material, but I mean, Isn't yeah. that fantastic. I can't wait now immediately. Where do you, where are you performing now in Los Angeles? Obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be there Friday, actually, at the Ice House. Oh, my God. Yeah. I This is very funny. I'm supposed to show a movie on Friday that I produced that was in Venice this year in competition called The Day of the Fight with Michael Pitt 
and it was written and directed by the brilliant Jack Houston, who was a natural born director. And it's kind of an homage to Stanley Kubrick's documentary of the same name, The Day of the Fight. And otherwise, I'd be at that ice house with, you know, polar bear coat on. I mean, I would be oh. literally, I, I would be there. I, But I'm showing this movie because uh, we're in the process of finding the right distribution company for it. And I like this company, Wonder Hill, which is this new company I'm involved in. And I just think the movie is incredible. And Jack Houston has done an extraordinary job. Um, but Michael Pitt, do you know who that is? Michael Pitt, he was in Boardwalk Empire. I don't he was in a movie know. called The Dreamer. He's, in, he, he's amazing in this movie. It's like a Brando type performance. It was yeah. It was interesting last night when I was watching Elvis as a weird segue. I knew that Elvis was obsessed. <laughs> that was Brando. a great movie, though. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Elvis was obsessed with Brando, and it touched upon that a little bit last night. And, the and you actor, got to work with him, too. I did in Apocalypse yeah. Now. Yeah. I got to work with him in Apocalypse Now, and I got to have dinner with him at Casa Baker Restaurant. <laughs> Because my ex-boyfriend, who I met on Apocalypse Now, Dean Tavalaris, who's a brilliant, brilliant production designer, Marlon Brando absolutely loved Dean Tavalaris. Yeah. So I uh, had the honor of seeing him in the Philippines and out of the Philippines. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Well, I, want, I wanted to ask you about, um, about Clue. Because I yes. think... I think Clue is probably one of the funniest movies ever. I and, agree. I, I agree with you completely. And um, I wanted to ask you, and maybe it's just me because, uh, but you know, you were the star in it, but like, do you think that Clue worked because it was more like, it seemed like it was more play, like the jokes were ping ponging and it wasn't really a movie. You know what I mean? I think it works, but unfortunately at the time, no one saw it. I mean, it was not a hit. And I feel we should have had more previews. Um, the movie they were supposed to release, or Paramount was supposed to release at the time, a movie called The Two Jakes. And that was, was the sequel to Chinatown, and that got pushed. So instead, they released Clue, and then they did the multiple endings. And what was really surprising to me, because I thought the film is absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah. And Jonathan Lynn is beyond brilliant. And I did another movie with him called Greedy. And the genius of that movie is it had that banter. And as you pointed out, and what Jonathan Lynn did is that when we all started the film, our first day of rehearsal, he said, I want you to all see a film, which I'd seen many times because it was a Howard Hawks film called His Girl Friday. And he said, I need you to see this film so that you'll understand the kind of cadence, the overlapping, the, the uh, style and tone. And the movie, we all watched the movie together in the Paramount Theater. It was a small little theater at the time. And, uh, you know, 1985, and, and, and Eileen Brennan said, after the movie's over, you got to tell this was before the method. Because you, you can't be, you know, contemplating. It's not like no. you can't have a Brando moment for 10 minutes. You have to just answer and listen, and you have to be on top of each other. And that rhythm, as you know, in comedy, <laughs> is not an easy thing to do. 
No. And so I think the reason the movie is held up so brilliantly is that, and why it's considered such an intelligent film is of that banter, of that rhythm. And it's extremely, uh, it's brilliant. It holds up. Yeah. And I heard last night from this guy, guy at the premiere, they're doing a re-release. Of a re-release? Oh, that would be uh, awesome. Yeah, and I said, I said, of the movie? And he said, well, of the DVD. I said, well, why are they doing a re-release of the movie? Yeah. Because I, I, I think that movie would be very, I think it's an incredible. I would incredible love to see film. it in theaters. I would too. Yeah. And I know they sometimes show it like as a midnight, you know, like Rocky Horror Picture Show, like a, you know, it's, they do show it like that, but I yeah. think it's brilliant. I really do. I also and like Jocelyn it. Also. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I also like it because uh, everyone in the movie is like equally funny. And I think Tim Curry had no clue he was funny. You know what I mean? Uh, what you just said is spot on and equally funny. And everyone gave everybody their moment. And yeah. the actors were predisposed to just loving the talent of the other actors. I mean, when Madeline Kahn did the flames, everybody applauded after. When Eileen Brennan was trying to get the feather out of her face, I mean... And I, when I was doing that scene with, with, with Martin Mull and M Michael McKeon, they go, but this is dark upstairs. And I'm frightened. So she goes, will anyone go with me? I will. I will. No, thank you. I mean, it was just the timing. You just can't even imagine the yeah. genius of that timing. And I, I live for that. I love timing. And I like kind of surreal, kind of crazy things anyway. But it was, and Jonathan Lynn did a movie called Greedy as well. With Phil Hartman in, yeah. and uh, Michael J. Fox and Kirk Douglas, and I remember when when Phil Hartman, we were sitting there, God bless his soul, and we were holding these stupid umbrellas, and it was raining, and we we're having a big confrontation, and he's and we're talking to Michael J. Fox, and, we're, and Phil goes, I I I I don't like the Beatles, and I don't like you, it's just so <laughs> it's so random, you know, it's like. I love random humor where you say things that are tangential that are that are uh, really really funny. You're gonna love my stand-up then. I'm gonna send you my special so you could just. Oh, watch I can't it. wait. Yeah, randomness is 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 catnip. Yeah, I did have one more question about Clue, and it doesn't really have to do with the movie. It has to do with the uh, something you did, and I wanted to know if that was just like a spot-on decision or was if that was in the script. Like when you're introduced. You're all dancing and cleaning, cleaning the the. Oh, when the, I lifted up my no, that that, that I was yeah, that, I, I was just doing that myself. But you blew on the glass after you cleaned it. Oh, <laughs> that was me, John. Yeah, I blew on the glass. Yeah, exactly. Yes, a hundred percent. I just thought that was just so funny. <laughs> well, and also I remember, remember I sat down at one point and I lifted my skirt all the way up. Yeah, and I thought. I love that. Thank you. But Jonathan Lynn was very, he was very, uh, I thought Madonna, because Madonna wanted the part and Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, they wanted for the part. Um, and I felt I really wanted the part. And my manager at the time said, they want Jennifer Jason Lee. Madonna wants the part. I mean, more wants the part. I don't know how true any of that is, but I do know 
that I went in in a French maid's outfit and I just created a character and I really got cast that day. It was very, very excited. Um, I love that. I'm very, very lucky. I've been lucky because, you know, in movies like say Valley girl, for example, I, I was, uh, I went sadly to Frederick forest Memorial on Sunday and I was sitting next to Lawrence Fishburne, who I met on the set, obviously, of Apocalypse Now. And it was through Apocalypse Now that I met Frederick Forrest. And I remember that when my very dear friend Martha Coolidge was directing Valley Girl, uh, I was saying this to Fred Roos last night because Fred Roos was the producer of Apocalypse. And of course, he was the producer last night of Sofia Coppola's Priscilla. And so it all comes full circle. And we were talking about the genius of Nick Cage in Valley Girl. We were doing all the rehearsals at my house on Valley Girl. I, I knew Nick Cage through Apocalypse Now. I knew Martha Coolidge through Fred Roos because Fred Roos introduced me to Martha Coolidge because she was going to do a movie for Zoetrope called Photoplay. And she wanted Bruce Springsteen. And so the connections are so intense. And... And I think that I feel very lucky that I happen to be in situations with movies like Valley Girl and Wayne's World and Clue and even Wicked Stepmother movies that, and even The Game of Death, the Bruce Lee movie, only I would star in a movie opposite Bruce Lee after he's dead. So, I mean, you know, uh, Kenny Turan wrote an article, I made love with the dead man. It was... um, you do do in a New lot West. of movies with the title Game and Death in it. Yes, yeah, right. Game of Death, Death Game, you know, uh, Deadly Games. Yeah. I did a movie called Deadly Games with Stephen Railsback. <laughs> uh, you know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it's unbelievable. But um, I, uh, I look back and sometimes you don't know at the time that you're doing something that actually hits a chord and I saw Valley Girl recently and I said, this movie is incredible. Yeah. It's just incredible. I think it's and one it's, of the best romantic comedies. I agree. Yeah. And brilliant. And Freddie Forrest, they showed his scene at the memorial. That's why I bring it up where he has the conversation with his daughter, my daughter, Deborah Foreman. And it's so moving. Because she's asking him about, well, I, I like, you know, they all want me to be, you know, with, you know, Michael Bowen. But but I like Nick Cage. And what do I do? Because my friends want me to be with Michael Bowen. Yeah. But well, I like... wants to go with Nick Cage. Yeah. He uh. said, well, so it's it's a really great scene. Freddie is brilliant. I, I love it when she takes a look at some picture. He says, look, this is a picture of me at you know, when I was young, your mother still is. And then he's covering up the pictures. He's very funny. Brilliant actor, Freddie Forrest. Brilliant actor. So I have a feeling this question is going to make you laugh because it's kind of stupid. But uh, in my blue heaven, did you realize Rick Moranis had a point about eating pancakes? I love that. <laughs> I love that movie. I had just had my daughter. I don't know about the pancakes, but I do know one thing. Um, I was very the lucky. The syrup on the bottom and then on the Of top. course. All I know is that Herbert Ross, who always has uh, 
Herbert Ross was brilliant, brilliant Herbert Ross. I was fortunately cast by him and his wife, Nora Kay, in a movie called Funny Lady. Yeah. And I was 19 and I went in for the audition and they were both auditioning me. And they said it was a scene where Fanny Bryce comes into the room and I'm with James Caan in bed. God rest his soul. Uh, and she said, and I go, oh, you're Fanny Bryce. Like all excited. She said, can you do with it? I don't even care that I'm in bed or compromised. Yeah. I'm just thrilled that I see a star. And so uh, she said, can you do it with an accent? And I said, I'm so nice. oh, my God, are you Fanny Bryce? Oh, I could just die laughing. You know, whatever. She goes, yeah, but you laugh so hard, you fall out of bed. Yeah. And so then later, Herbert Ross asked me to come in. And I just had my daughter. He said, will you play the wife of Rick Moranis in My Blue Heaven? It's it's, it's a brief. It's brief. Yeah. But then I've learned about the pancakes. <laughs> but I'm glad you uh, you know what? That movie, you know, what Rick Moranis. I mean, yeah. and what a cast that movie was. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Joan Cusack and uh, Steve Martin and... Uh... Oh. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm more of a fan of Joan Cusack, but oh, she's brilliant. <laughs> but she's uh, brilliant. But yeah, I like I like that's the type of movies I like is where the jokes just keep coming. You know, they what I mean? just keep coming. Yeah, they keep cause... coming, and then you see Joan Cusack. I love her in, uh, you know, the movie Working Girl. Everything she does, that's great. Course, yeah, Adam's Family. Everything she does, she's so brilliant. But I like it when the jokes keep coming. Yeah. And then speaking of a movie where the jokes keep coming, you had a scene in one of these movies called Rat Race, which was great. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Jerry Zucker, Whoopi Goldberg. I love Rat Race. And I was very instrumental, actually, in that movie being at Paramount because my ex-husband, John Goldwyn, um, was at Paramount at the time. And I was part of a production company called Seven Arts. And Jerry and Janet Zucker, who are wonderful friends of mine, and Jerry is an absolute genius, genius director. Yeah. Uh, there was a number of people competing to do that film. And I was part of this production company. And I happened to have the script. And that production company ended up being part of that movie. Um, and I mean, I didn't produce it or anything like that, but I was always, you know, recommending certain things. Uh, and that movie, I think, is brilliant. John Levitz, I mean. Dave Thomas, yeah. I mean, when I, when I interviewed Dave Thomas, he told me Rat Race was probably a movie where they probably put most of the improvs in compared to the script because... He said that his lines was completely improv and they filmed like 30 different things. And he said he, they went with the one that was improv. So I thought that was kind of fun. Well, yeah, you know, he, Dave Thomas. In fact, I, I was in another movie with Dave Thomas. Oh. Yeah. And I'm trying to think if they ever changed the title on it, but it was called Who's Your Daddy? <laughs> and, and Who's Your Daddy? And Andy Fickman directed it. Oh. And uh it was a very funny movie and and 
I'm looking at this thing right now. Uh, and I don't understand why I don't see the name Dave Thomas here. But I'm pretty sure he was in this. But this doesn't make any sense. Leanne, I know Dave Thomas was in his Who's Your Daddy, and it's making me crazy. We could call but him I, right now. Get him on the phone. I mean, I'm telling you, this is making me nuts because I hope he didn't take his name off the picture, or unless I'm senile, I don't. I, 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 I'm sure it was Who's Your Daddy because it was done in like 2002. Like, this is crazy. Wait, what is the movie? Brandon Davis. Uh, Why does it say he's not in this film? Well, sometimes people do movies and then they get like, uh, what's that word? Uncredited or whatever. Yes, 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 yes. Well, that's really worrying me because I don't understand why it doesn't say. He is in it. Yes, he is in it. Thank God. Yeah, I believed you. I was just saying. Well, I, I just got concerned because he played my husband, so I, I just got a little worried. <laughs> I got concerned mentally. <laughs> I always pride myself for a very sharp wit. You know, it's yeah. like when somebody said, are you sure Bruce Lee was dead when you did the game of death? I said, I'm positive. <laughs> I said, because my agent said he wouldn't have staged me. I said, That's what, I said that isn't necessarily a Toronto movie. But I love doing that movie. But it was kind of a strange thing because I've been offered a part in Animal House. And Mary Lou uh, Weller ended up doing the part. And I chose Game of Death. And they said, why would you choose something where, you know, the person is dead? I said, because Bruce Lee is an icon. He's a star. Yeah. It's kind of like, I said, I have to work with him. It's kind of like me falling in love with Steve Jobs two years after he died. No, definitely. My daughter... I said, I'm in love with Steve Jobs. And my daughter said, Mom, he changed the world. And she said, I said, I don't know how to use an iPhone, but he thinks exactly like me. I was crying every five minutes over Steve Jobs. They said, did you meet him? I said, no. I, so uh, I um, I don't know. I'm the so, same way. I, I mean, if I, if I ever, like, do a movie and, like, you know, they said, oh, John Cusack did a scene, but he died. I'd be like, I'm still doing that movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, 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 and I was, I was with, it's very interesting because I'm just passionate about talent. Yeah. I love talent. And I, uh, does, you know, someone that's talented and, and, and I'm just passionate and I, it's been very, uh, I've been very lucky to work with some amazing people. Yeah, you know, you asked a question that I'm looking at right now, which is really interesting because you said, "Did you know Apocalypse Now is going to be as big as it was?" Uh, I can actually tell you that on many movies that I've done, whether uh-huh. it's Wayne's World or Apocalypse or Clue or Valley Girl or Police Academy, kind of seminal films, at the time I don't think I understood the weight of how they would impact the world. I remember going to the Apocalypse Now premiere. I was, it took about 10 minutes to get dressed. I just was dropped off at the Cinerama Dome. I, it was a very different time. And I also believe that I thought like Death Game, 
I said, oh, my God, this part in this movie is going to make my career. Yeah. And um, no one saw it at the time. Uh, I think They All Laughed, which is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite films. And I, I was so honored to work with Peter Bogdanovich three times. And I said, oh, my God, I got great reviews in this. Everyone's going to see it. And they didn't really at the time. So you just never know what is that thing. And then later, Quentin Tarantino said it was his favorite movie of Peter Bogdanovich's. But you never know, obviously, at the time, you know. The impact like, of these choices. Impact. I mean, like, I don't know if anyone saw Screwball Academy or Goose, but, but I saw, you just no. never very. I'm glad you did, because that makes me happy that you. I like seeing things that are very obscure. And uh, I, I would have to say that when you said if you went back in a time machine, and talk to a young Colin Camp and tell her what you'd know. Now, I would tell her that you just never, Steve Jobs had followed the dots backwards. You never know what is that thing yeah. that will change your life or that I'd be at a memorial for Freddie Forrest and asked him to do the part in Valley Girl. And I knew him from Apocalypse Now. And I met Thread Bruce through a movie called Smile with uh, the Jerry Belson wrote and Michael Ritchie directed. And, and then I met Martha Coolidge and then I did Valley girl with her and three wishes and joy of sex and how all these relationships were interconnected. And I think today that people are, they don't always know that there are no small parts. You no. can do one line in a movie like rebel Wilson had one line in bridesmaids. And she took that and made an opportunity of it. Yeah. And most people are very stuck on a title or the size of something or, and they're not looking at how they can uh, create an opportunity from it. And no. so I always felt like that. I always had the attitude that I would create an opportunity, no matter how big or small a part was. I always felt like that. But what I didn't know always is that the thing that I would be doing could actually change the planet. Entertainment can change the planet. I was very lucky to work on a movie called Parasite more in a kind of strategic capacity. And when you said, what do you choose as a producer to do? Because I, I was very about to ask to that one. That was the last one I had. I actually wanted to ask uh, you that though. Wait, Colleen, when you read scripts for you to produce, what 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 do you like look for? What draws you into wanting to do it? I absolutely love true stories. And when I produced Above Suspicion uh, with Amelia Clark and Jack Houston, uh, I absolutely love true stories. Um, I love every anything that hits an emotional chord. It could be funny. I have a movie that I want to make called Parent Wars, which is based on my experience helping get my daughter into preschool. And it's just the antics are insane yeah. and um, and they're absurd. It's it's on a level, but it happened. And there's a fine line between comedy and drama. And so I love the idea of, of how you're pushed to the limit. And I love morality tales, whether they're funny or they're dramatic or both. I always think that uh, I, I like to, to do things I love Brideheart. It was brought to me. It wasn't something I developed, but I love 
I just love the idea because it's bridesmaids meets diehard. Yeah. Um, but I love true stories. And I also love uh, situations where, you know, what if this happened? What if you knocked on the door of somebody's house and tried to seduce them and they're married and you're going to get it. You're going to get yeah. some morality challenge and the girls. You're going to have one night of fun and then the weekend of hell. <laughs> That's right. And I produced day of the fight and it was based on a, a documentary, but also on a true story. And, and then I just did a little movie called here's Yanni. And it's a wonderful little movie and it's a true story about this Greek diner owner that gets Alzheimer's, uh, dementia. And I like things that uh, resonate with me emotionally. I think that, that when I work on a movie in a more marketing capacity that I'm not producing, whether it's Parasite or, you know, I did some stuff on uh, Everywhere All at Once and it's an emotional connection to something. Yeah. And... And it could be crazy rich Asians. I said to Michelle, yo, oh my God, that Mahjong scene. I don't even know how to play Mahjong. And I was hysterical. So well, where do you see? Where do you see everywhere all at once? I like something that hits me emotionally. And yeah. so I'm choosing something as a producer. I, that's what I like, whether it's a comedy, whether I thought the Jim Carrey and Liar Liar was so brilliant in this specifically in the scene not only all the very brilliant, funny scenes that are impossible to do, but when he tells this kid he's not lying anymore. It's after, I think, 8 o'clock or something. And I, yeah, I'm yeah. not lying anymore. So it's it, he's so brilliant in, in that in that scene. And so I like, I like things that are real. Brilliant like that. Well, Colleen, one thing before I let you go, I wanted you to know that you're, you're absolutely right. Like, uh, I... I think it's good that people know that, you know, even the little things that when you do at a time, like when you did Clue, no one saw it, but now everyone see it. And I think I learned that just with stand up. Like I may never be a big name, but I, I, I interview my heroes. So to me, I feel I'm successful. And well, I, you're already a big name and oh. you never, ever know what situation will put you into another situation I guess and I was trying to say you're my I hero. Wait. Well, you are my hero now, and I can't wait to see your stand-up. You've got to be performing another night besides this Friday where I'm showing the day of the fight. I'm going to come and see you because you are hilarious. All right. Well, Colleen, where can the folks at home follow and support you, or do you not want to be followed or like social media? <laughs> do you believe it or not? I do not. I I'm not kidding you. I have. I do not have any social media. I know that's probably insane. I don't even have an Uber app. I, I was literally saying to somebody, I've got to get there. Do you have an Uber app? I do not have a social media. Um, I want them to follow me and I don't even have social media. Huh? I don't, I, I don't have any, uh, I don't know why. I just, I, I don't, I said to somebody the other day, can we post this? We're at this restaurant. I said, why do I want somebody to know I'm in a restaurant? I said, I said, what's the draw to saying I'm eating a hamburger? I don't I don't understand it. Is it it's a I came from a world where there was no computers, no fax machines, and it's not like I'm Norma Desmond, but, but I, I I don't understand. It's a very interesting thing because social media, my daughter's a brilliant writer and 
she was a, she was in the Sunday company of the Groundlings, and she told I went me, to the Groundlings. You're kidding me, Emily yeah. Goldwyn. Emily uh, Goldwyn. She she wrote on Aquafina's show. She wrote Smilf. She wrote Amy Schumer's I went there show. Like, I went there she, like eight years ago. So, yeah that that's probably Emily. Really? Were you in wow. the sun, Were you were you in the Sunday Company? She was in the Sunday Company. Yeah. No, I was at the classes. Like they they taught you yeah, Fridays and Saturdays, and then you get on the weekend shows or something if you were good. Yeah. I wasn't she, good. Oh, I I don't know that, about that. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds said, "Oh my God, your daughter was in the Sunday Company. That's huge. That is um, huge. Yeah. She's she's brilliant. She's brilliant. Um, but we were talking about social media, and during COVID." She wasn't like a huge social media person, but she, she went off social media and I said, well, why? She said, because it makes you feel badly about yourself. I said, and I said, well, I thought it was supposed to make you feel good about yourself. She said, but you, you, sometimes you're looking at things that aren't really real, what people have to put out. And there's a huge expectation. I said, I never had to deal with any of that because yeah. you didn't have, you didn't have that as a, as a bar. You yeah. only had your work as a bar. You didn't have what other people thought of you as a bar. And, and, and it's a very interesting thing. So you can see I'm very uh, dated. I, I get it, though. I mean, that that's why I just release audio and I don't release video because I'm so self-conscious about my my looks. But I think I have a sexy voice. Oh, you're very <laughs> sexy all over. I, 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 I would be concerned. Oh, Excellent. Well, Colleen, I want I want to respect you. your time, and and I know you got some stuff to do, but uh, thank you so much for rifting thank with you. me. It was great, great, and we're going to be in touch. And thank you so so much. It's a great experience, and I'm going to get my hair done in 15 minutes, so it's perfect. All right. Well, have a great thank day, you. and have uh, you know, keep bringing smiles to people. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye right. bye. 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 And... I'll turn this off, and I don't know how. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there, www.stereo.com slash Keith and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.